what are you doing with Martha? Who are you to Martha? Why are you coming from her apartment? And he yeah. really was trying to like flex his FBI muscles. And it was honestly a kill or be killed situation. I could. Hello everyone, this is Alex. And this is M. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer over on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Today we're discussing the back half of FX's magnetic spy thriller, The Americans. The Americans is about undercover KGB agents posing as travel agents and how their dangerous lives become more complicated as their daughter gets older. An FBI agent moves in across that street and they experience myriad crises of consciousness about the nature of their work. The Americans gave us a very balanced look into both sides of the Cold War without sacrificing key historical events. So what do we think made this series so brilliant? Stay tuned. everyone if you haven't listened to last week's episode stop right now and go tune in if you're joining us for part two here are some refreshers here's some details about the americans the series is classified as a period drama a spy thriller and a serial drama it was created by joe weisberg and it uh was released from january 30th 2013 through may 30th 2018 on the fx network for six seasons and a total of 75 episodes the series stars carrie russell as elizabeth jennings um birth name najeska she's our primary protagonist matthew rees as philip jennings birth name mishka he's another of our primary protagonists noah emmerich as stan beeman he is philip elizabeth's neighbor and an FBI agent, and the unwitting protagonist for most of the series. Excuse me, the unwitting antagonist for most of the series. Holly Taylor as Paige Jennings, Philip and Elizabeth's daughter. Kidrit Salati as Henry Jennings, Philip and Elizabeth's son. Margot Martindale as Claudia, Philip and Elizabeth's second and fifth KGB handler. Richard Thomas as Frank Gad. Uh, he is an FBI special agent and stands supervisor. Uh, Annette Mahendru as Nina Sergeyevna Krilova. She is a clerical worker for the KGB at the Soviet Embassy turned Stan's informant. Uh, Susan Meisner as Sandra Beeman, uh, Stan's wife and the mother of his son. Allison Wright as Martha Hansen. She's Agent Gad's secretary and then later Philip's informant through her marriage to uh, one of his alter egos, Clark. Ronan, Rona Cox. Kosta Ronin as Oleg Igorovich Burov. He's a son of a government minister in Russia who begins working at the Soviet embassy as their science and technology officer. 
Lev Gorn as Arkady Ivanovich Zotov, the KGB's resident at the Soviet Embassy. Brendan J. Dearden as Dennis Alder Aderholt, then FBI agent and Stan's second partner. Um, Frank Langella as Gabriel, Elizabeth and Phillips' fourth and first KGB handler. Julia Garner as Kimberly, aka Kimmy Breland. Uh, she is another one of Phillips unwitting informants. Ren Schmidt as Kate, their third handler. Uh, Derek Luke as Gregory Thomas, uh, Elizabeth's inform informant and uh, former lover. And uh, last but not least, Kelly O'Quinn as Pastor Tim, head of the church that Paige attends. These are all of our major players here in this back half. And I must say, one of the most impressive things about the Americans, and there are so many impressive things about this show, is that a lot of shows tend to lag in the middle. Like, shows that start off strong will also finish strong, but lag somewhere in the middle. And this did not happen on this series. Let's talk about season four. Right. So season season four. Um, so season four, we come into the series really where we left off right in season three and where sort mm -hmm. of where Paige has just told Pastor Tim that his that her that her parents are spies. And <laughs> so then Paige tells her parents that she told Pastor Tim that they're spies and now they have to make a decision on how they're going to handle it. And it's uh, <sighs> oof. it's a lot. Can we take a minute and reflect on the irony of the complete lack of loyalty coming from these people's child? <laughs> when literally everything they do is out of loyalty to, well, for Philip, to his family, and for Elizabeth, to her country, to Russia. Right. You know... <laughs> Right? Like, Paige has some loyalty, but, like, she, and I, and, you know, it's like, Paige has some loyalty, but at the same time, I guess, Paige doing what she does feels very typical American teenager. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hard yes. Um, And so, in that, you know, she immediately uh, tells someone else. And it's, it's like, she doesn't seem, and so basically that's season three. I mean, the beginning of season four is, is dealing with that and, and Paige really understanding the fallout of, of this and that, you know, this isn't a game, Paige. This isn't like a game. This isn't like a fun, funny thing. Like this has real material consequences and you have to gotta get up and face them, kid. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I think Paige understands the severity of the situation when they literally had to sneak in through Germany to Russia to see a grandmother that she never knew existed and definitely didn't know was Russian, right? And then had to be snuck back out <laughs> to Germany to fly back home to the U.S. Um, I will say this, it to her credit, she had the good sense to make this confession to Pastor Tim and not one of her little friends. <laughs> right. At least it's like, and um, at least it wasn't one of her little friends. Uh, 
And it's because so they would have had to kill them people's entire family. You know, the little girls would have talked. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting. Pastor Tim in particular is so interesting because you really like. I think one of the great things about Pastor Tim in that whole story is that that actor who plays Pastor Tim is very stoic. Like, I didn't know where he was the whole time. Like, I really Same. didn't know. I didn't, I could not read, like, wh- where he was going to fall on the fence in terms of ratting them out or not ratting them out. And um, it's brilliant, and that actor is brilliant, and the writing is brilliant. And in the end, really, truly, um, Pastor Tim is, and I think to his credit, is not necessarily concerned about them being spies. Um, he's concerned about... Page and what does page what does holding a secret like that or is going to do to Paige and her personality? Now, Pastor Tim's wife, on the other hand, like she's not real, she's not loyal. Like, I'm kind of mad that he told her, like, she's that you know, she's one of those white women, like, just there's nothing there. And so, I, I was nervous in that sense, but Pastor Tim himself. Um, very interesting. I thought so as well. So, Pastor Tim is a grown man. He's maybe five years younger than Philip and Elizabeth, if not the same age as them, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he's an adult. He's a member of the world. He knows what spies do. He knows they lie, cheat, steal, kill, and they either directly, uh, uh, they have direct influence in either averting or, um you know, uh, pushing along major wars, right? Like, that's who spies are. That's what they do. Um, So his reaction was actually deeply surprising to me as, like, a man of the cloth and a Christian and a white American male Christian Mm -hmm. to have the response that he had. Um, He was just like, listen, like, it's not messing up with... It's not messing with my family. It's not messing with my church and my parishioners. And unless it's something that's negatively impacting your daughter, that ain't none of my business. He takes a very Philip approach to the whole thing, which I thought was super ironic. But I saw a lot of Philip in Pastor Tim in those moments. And even when Philip comes to his office to try to, like, shake him down and rattle him, he's very calm about the whole thing. He's like, y'all gonna do what you're gonna do. (laughs) Right. And you bring up a really great point about Pastor Tim and the fact that he is a white American Christian, you know, and I think it speaks to, I don't necessarily think it speaks to a different time in the U S but maybe it just speaks to a different kind of denomination in a a different time, maybe in the U S but, um, the, when you talk about how he's white Christian and male, you know, Christianity and, and, nationalism are and white supremacy are 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 one thing in the united states right right so that's what makes his reaction extremely surprising because christianity and evangelicalism and and this sense of nationalism is all like extremely intertwined in a u.s context it's very rare in U.S. contexts that you find a more, a true neutrality. Because, like, there are people, like, religious people who, like, I think have, like, a neutrality in terms of, like, nationalism. 
because mm-hmm. like in their mind like in like in their practice and you usually find this like in, in other denominations you won't find this in like southern baptists or lutheran or like whatever but in some denominations you will find like a real sort of mentality that they're less american and more like people of god and like because like they're people of god it means like they're they have loyalty to all people you know mm-hmm. like regardless of not like nation or color or creed like they take that part really seriously i mean i guess that that's where they're coming from with the pastor tim character but it's very rare and it was and that was really 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 interesting it was and i think a lot of it has to do his response has to do with like who he is and the work that he does first of all i don't think this would have worked as well with a pastor who was southern no. sorry hate that for y'all but no (laughs) it it couldn't have worked no i don't even think it would have worked with a priest because if she had gone to a confessional booth and said this to a catholic lutheran or episcopalian priest uh i don't think there's anyone any quote-unquote red-blooded american who would have held it against them if they went straight to the cia or fbi with that information none right um I think it has to do with a lot of uh, with the fact that a they're non-denominational and b um, now I'm not saying this because I'm pro missionary work because I'm not but Pastor Tim and Alice do a lot of missionary work and they don't just send their parishioners on missions they go on missions themselves and it took some time but I but you know after some reflection I believe he took the res- he had the response that he did because he realized if he turned in Philip and Elizabeth. Uh, you know, uh, the scenarios would either be they find a way to escape and they're going to keep being spies or they would be killed by the U.S. government. Like, there's no two ways about it. But in doing so, he would lose a chance to save Paige's soul and perhaps theirs as well. Right. I think that's a good reading. So he's like, okay, I'm going to do this so that this child can and her parents can realize that they can trust me and maybe she'll, like, give her life over to God. I don't know. That's how I'm reading it because I really there's really no other reason for him to be as concerned about uh, protecting her um, as he is. Like uh, Pastor Tim is someone who showcased throughout the series as being very above board. He is a youth pastor, but he's not one of those youth pastors that are taking liberties with those kids. Right. And like, and I think that's a good reading because then later on when Paige reads his diary, he's like, she's fucked up, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's right. what just and when and you know Elizabeth and Philip are like God what like a patronizing little dick like even though Paige is fucked up but like it's <laughs> like yes. but um but they like you know he, both sides both sides <laughs> like he 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 does have like some some correctness in her like he he is right in that sense but where his mind then leads to the conclusion of like i think his diary is like she's fucked up i'm more determined to save her soul now more than ever is like the part where it's like okay like chill like relax um (laughs) uh and and they get that part that patronizing part but it's like you know they're right and he's he's right too in in Partly, you know, parts. Definitely. Two parts make a whole. Right. Two things can absolutely be true. 
<laughs> you know, it's not an if and uh, it's not it's not an either or situation. It's an if and. Um, and I think for the most part, one of the reasons that Paige is fucked up is not even just that her parents are spies, but that it's very clear from the moment that they finally admit this, that it might take the rest of her life for her to get over the deception, even if she forgives them. Right. Right. Like they were they lied to her face so many times <laughs> in so many ways that that she has to carry on with it you know her punishment i mean for all intents and purposes and i put punishment in quotations is you know when paige starts to have this attitude about when philip and elizabeth make the decision to not kill pastor tim to be like okay we're going to work it we're going to work him and we're just going to monitor him how we we monitor all of our situations when Paige has to inevitably become a part of that. Um, and she gets an attitude about doing it one day. You know, Elizabeth is like, listen, this is the this is the fucking life. This is it. Like, suck it up, bitch. Like <laughs> pretty much. She was like, you're the one who wanted to go blabbing to that man. Now you're you're gonna be a parishioner at his church for the rest of your life because if you don't go, he's gonna think he's gonna you know all roads are gonna point back to us. Yeah. Um, we need to make sure that he's he's on your side and by fostering a relationship with him. And poor Paige, what this does when she realizes that now her parents, especially her mother, who was not pro becoming a Christian at all. Um, because she sees, like you said, that uh, American Christianity and nationalism are one and the same. And uh, now she realizes that, okay, now I have to keep this up um, to keep the peace and uh, keep my parents alive. They basically suck all the joy of of going to church out of this girl's life. Right. It's no longer this thing. You know, she did this thing initially to sort of, I guess... Try, you know, she's trying to find her her identity. She's trying to find herself, and she's trying, and she knows she wants to help people, and now it's it's tainted. Right, right, and I understand Elizabeth and Philip's reasoning. You can't just oh, yeah. drop a bomb like that on someone, and then decide you don't want to go to their church anymore because you feel bad or you feel guilty or you feel judged. Well, suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> That's what it is, um, because. The more time, the more distance he has from her, the the more he can he can sit with his uh his uh his the other side of his consciousness that tells him that he should turn them in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason he's protecting them is out of consideration for for um, Paige, so her presence needs to be felt at all times, essentially, and that's what we're boiled down to. The season opener literally. All hits, no misses, you guys. <laughs> Philip has to confess to Martha that he killed Jean, who was one of the employees at the uh, the FBI um, who worked uh, in like tech. He killed Jean and made Jean's uh, murder look like a suicide to protect Martha because they were on to Martha, which means that they would eventually be on to him, right? So now she's horrified, as, as she should be. Um, uh Stan and his wife, Sandra, are uh, divorced at this point, and Philip is still attending the EST meetings without Stan. 
and Stan sees him after a meeting with Sandra and he gets jealous because he thinks they look intimate. So now Philip has to admit to Stan that he's still taking est um, meetings because he, you know, he feels broken inside. But that's not even the 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 big thing of season four. The big thing is that when Stan was confronting him, he pushed Philip up against the wall. Um, and in his pocket, he was carrying a vial of a biological weapon named Glanders. And the vial broke, you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the season opener is actually called Glanders because it's like everything now. The vial is broken after his confrontation with Stan. Um... They get it from one of their contacts, William, uh, who is another KGB agent. So William is a KGB agent who infiltrated the United States and worked his way up to becoming a, a scientist, uh, a, a, a chemist and a biological weapons expert for the U.S. Um, and he, he's older than Philip and Elizabeth. So he came into the United States when protocol was a little bit looser and it was easier for KGB agents to infiltrate certain uh, areas of government standing. So he's given them a vial of glanders, which is something that the U.S. government is working on. And it's something that could literally wipe out an entire village in a matter of three days. <laughs> it's bad. It's it's messy. Yeah, uh, the vial is broken. They take it to Gabriel. And Phil, uh, Elizabeth feels that she is now um, infected with the glanders, right? Right. Um, he's supposed to, there's, it. I mean, it's supposed to, it breaks, but then it's supposed to go to this Czech pilot. They mm -hmm. had set up the meeting with the Czech pilot and the pilot was supposed to take it, but this pilot like basically chickens out and then Philip has to kill somebody and, and it's like a whole thing. Right, right, right. It, it, it goes down, like, the whole situation goes awry. Great way to open the season, by the way. Like, everything going not according to plan at all. It's it's really, really, really bad. Also, uh, Nina is uh, basically, it, part of her punishment is she's in the same sort of, I guess, prison dormitory as that uh, Russian-Jewish scientists that Philip and Elizabeth had kidnapped in a previous season. This this whole situation was really bad. So they kidnapped this guy, right? Um, because he's working with the Americans now. Like uh, he 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 like basically turned his back on his country. And basically, the way Russian Russia worked was like the best minds in our country need to stay in our country. They don't they can't be working for our enemy. So they accost him on a night out, and you know he's begging, he's pleading because he knows they're gonna make him come back to home to Russia and work for them. And he's like, please, 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 uh, my son's bar mitzvah is coming up soon. You can't do this. You people are monsters. And when he's in this situation with Nina, she takes pity on him. And so he writes a note to his son. And when her husband, yes, Nina has a husband. She had a husband in Russia this whole time. Her husband comes to see her. She passes him the note from Anton um, to send to his son. Just to let his family know he's still alive, basically. And that he didn't abandon them and he didn't like, you know, he's not dead in a ditch somewhere. Um, her husband rats her out and then she has to uh, admit to the resident that she has betrayed them once again. <laughs> and so she gets sent to the gulag, um, which I guess is like some Siberian labor camp. Yeah, it's like like the worst of the the worst. 
Child, she just been making one bad decision after another. Nina honestly reminds me so much of Juice from Sons of Anarchy. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And it's like, yeah, because Nina always tries to, and I felt bad because Nina always tried to like pivot in or like whenever she kind of felt like she was in trouble, she keeps trying to like pivot. And because, you know, it was Stan and then it was Oleg. She gets with Oleg, who's like the director, director. Oleg was like the director of like the whole Soviet like spy program. So she gets with Oleg to try to save herself again, you know? Um, right. And this is like previously in like some previous seasons. And Nina's really good at making these men fall in love with her, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, remember the the older guy from from the uh, residential as well that she slept with, so that she could frame him as the mole. And this yeah. was like in season one. That was a whole thing as well. So, and she, every time she tries to do the wrong thing, she excuse me. Every time she does tries to do the right thing, she does it at the wrong time. Yeah, she does always at the wrong time. It was Nina's like last ditch effort to to get free and. I mean, shout out to Nina, because like like I said, these men really love her, because even while Nina is in the gulag, and she's like in, you know, the depths of Siberia, Stan and um, Oleg are, are working to try to get her free. Girl, we love like, it. In a different life, she could have been a courtesan. She really could have. And, and so, unfortunately, our girl, my girl, our girl Nina is, is sentenced to death. And... Oleg finds out and he appeals on, on her behalf and Stan appeals. And by this time, Stan and Oleg are, are like working together ish. And she appeals, but they, her, they're, he, they both like Oleg appeals, but his appeal is, is denied. And she is um, sentenced to death. Uh, for treason, and they just shoot her in the back of the head, point blank. Right, right. Um, I mean, uh, on the upside, there was no torture involved, uh, although the the months leading up to this were torturous for her. And I mean, ultimately, what causes this, like, she had already given up on her freedom. She was just trying to do something nice for Anton <laughs> so that his his son would know that he's still alive. Um right. It's the whole situation was bad. And like I said, she always does the right thing at the wrong time. By the time she tells the KGB that she's the mole, she's already given Stan all this information. Meanwhile, if she had just gone to them the day he approached her about being an informant, she could have been like, listen, I was stealing some stuff that I shouldn't have been stealing to send home to my family in Russia. And this American said he want me to spy for him. He just talked to me in the market today. What y'all want me to do? <laughs> right. And she could have been like, this is a moment. This is a moment for me to get some stuff for y'all. Right. She could have really, right. right. She, she definitely would have avoided punishment for the stealing. And she probably could have climbed her way up through the ranks. Right. Right. Yep. A tragic figure, a tragic, a tragic. figure of, of season four. Um, another tragic figure of season four, who just sad for this girl is, is Martha. <laughs> oh, um, God. Everything with Martha comes to a head this season, essentially. Um, like you said, Philip is honest with her about um, Jean, killing Jean to protect her. 
Uh, but then something else. He didn't else... even tell her about that he killed Stan's first partner, remember? Yeah, he didn't. He also he... killed Chris Amador. Like, honestly, like, high key, Chris deserved that. And he was a stalker who would have probably ended up raping or killing Martha at some point. He was obsessed uh, with her. Same. Like, I was like, I don't, like, I never quite felt bad about him killing Amador because he was, he, he, because the only reason why he caught Philip was like, it was on chance. And it was on chance because, like, he was a stalker. <laughs> like, in a weirdo. And he didn't even catch Philip in the traditional sense, like, oh, I know, you're KGB. He was just like, what are you doing with Martha? Who are you to Martha? Why are you coming from her apartment? And he yeah. really was trying to, like, flex his FBI muscles. And it was honestly a kill or be killed situation. I could easily imagine him if Clark was really Clark and not an undercover KGB killing Philip and dumping his body in some dumpster in DC somewhere. Right. You know, yeah. Cause the whole thing was like, it was like, he's trying to like use his FBI cloud as a way to like intimidate somebody who didn't really do anything. (laughs) He's allowed to sleep with Martha. Martha's not your girlfriend. And it's so weird to me that Stan and uh, agent Gad were often witness to uh uh chris amador sexually uh harassing her in the workplace and didn't do anything like and martha's constantly like this is inappropriate that is inappropriate stop calling me baby don't ask me out on dates anymore (laughs) right and you know i feel like and and i guess like the part of like the irony of that is like that's so apropos of the time right um, I would say it's probably apropos even now. Like I could see something like that happening now. Um, in that like um like men will observe women getting sexually harassed in the workplace and and like they'll act, they'll act just like Stan and st- like they'll act just like Stan and Agent Gad and that they'll like tease him about it, like, oh you're such a weirdo, like, oh ha ha ha, that's like kind of like weird but they won't ever sit him down and be like hey like no like stop it it's fucked up right i think they think that chris is harmless but martha knows better because she's a woman and the audience knows better too because the more possessive entitled stalker amador even his uh colleagues don't know about that right no no one ever knows um yeah and so so what happens is you know, she never really finds out about Amador, but she finds out about Jean, Philip comes clean, and he also, Philip also does something really, like, risky, and he shows her what, like, he really actually looks like. He takes off, like, the Clark disguise. He's like, I'm still Clark, but he takes off, like, the weird, I think Clark has, like, a blonde mustache and, like, blonde gray hair. He takes off and he's like, this is what I really look like. And he kind of half confesses the spy thing. But it all it all comes crashing, crashing down. There's like a whole thing with like a male robot that I, that I still don't quite understand. <laughs> right. So the thing about the male robot is that um, the way the male bo- ro- robot function is that it delivered specific people's mail right to their offices so that they wouldn't be handled by people. 
but he was tampering with the male robot to get like information and well basically had martha uh tamper with it on his behalf when they realized that the male robot was the situation and they were going to look into it because there's records like the the machine keeps a record like you know like your your history on your computer mm-hmm. um and it was gonna it was gonna link back to martha so he had to kill gene and make it look like a suicide and leave a note basically saying like I'm a spy and I feel shitty about myself. And of course, it's going to make perfect sense because he's the one who had access to the robot all along. <laughs> right. Okay. So there, there we go. The, the, this is it. That's the, that's the, it. that's the, that's the explanation. And so, it, but basically just one thing after another happens. And Philip essentially, after that, like he, he understands that there, that basically Martha's about to get got. And he is really, really, really emotionally, like, cannot deal. And he starts sort of making reckless decisions um, to... Philip, like, starts acting in a way that could really endanger himself and Elizabeth in order to protect Martha. And that's when Elizabeth is like, wait, what's going on here? Right. <laughs> Um, why are you putting us in trouble for an agent? Like when the answer is to just sacrifice the agent and Philip is like, but Philip can't do it. And Philip can't do it because like there is a, and I think it's in that moment when Martha is like, and Martha's having full on like freak outs. She's having full on panic attacks. Her, her doctor has prescribed her volume. Like, she knows what's going... Like, she is not doing well. And as Martha becomes increasingly distressed, Philip becomes increasingly distressed. And that's... Um, and not in increasingly distressed in a way of, like, my agent's flipping out. Shit, I might get got. Or he's increasingly distressed in the way of, of like, my lover is increasingly distressed and I need to handle it because I can't handle a person that I love, like, in this really intense situation. And I think it's really, it's really interesting. It's really beautiful because I think you kind of then come to that realization and eventually Elizabeth comes to the realization um, that, oh shit, like there's like a part of you that actually is like in a real ass relationship with this woman, like for real, for real, (laughs) like seriously. Right, right, right. And Philip had done a couple petty things here and there in regards to Elizabeth and Martha. Like um, in earlier seasons, he was in a fight with Elizabeth and because of of, of um, a mission they were doing that had like gone overboard or something, he he was late going to Martha's place. So he's like, I can't go there empty handed. Do you have something? And basically asked Elizabeth to give him one of her pieces of jewelry to give to Martha. Like he'd done some petty things in regards to this before to like basically uh, upping things with Martha every time he and Elizabeth were in a fight. But it was very clear now that she's not just a mark to him. She's not just an informant to him. And the show's really good at showing you why he's in love with Martha. Martha's not like anyone else they've ever dealt with. She's a genuinely good, kind person. And she really loves him. She bends over backward to make that relationship work. She only met his quote-unquote family when they got married. And that was Elizabeth, Claudia, and Gabriel in disguise, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) A disaster. Um, She had never been over to his house until this season. 
until this right. season. <laughs> like you guys, this and this is years into their relationship at this point. Like she a real one. She is riding for her man, and she does not deserve this. And she does not want somebody who is uh, gonna make her feel sexy because her marriage is falling apart, like one of his other marks, right? Or um, wants wants the thrill of being an informant. She doesn't even know that she is one until like season three. Like she really just wants a happy marriage with a man that she loves and she feels like she can trust. And she thought she had that. Right. And I think that's another thing. Like she genuinely loves him and he gets, and like he, he recognizes that. And, you know, you had said um, in like our previous episode, like Phillip's love language is like, like women who are like really emotionally open with him and she is. And, you know, he's always seeking that from Elizabeth who, I mean, he has to pull it from her like he pulled her tooth, right? <laughs> yes. Right. And Martha gives it so freely. Um, and I think that is definitely a part of why he he reciprocates, like, all of this sort of protection and f- genuine true feeling that he feels from her because he doesn't really have to, you know, you know go over, you know, in his head what it, it, you know, what, whatever Martha's saying or doing, like, it's, it's exactly what it is. Like, there's no TikTok, like, in his mind of, like, okay, is she, does she really mean this or does she mean this other thing? Or, like, am I supposed to do that? Like, no, it's just, like, I'm here. I love you. I want what's best for you. I want you to feel safe. Um, and and that's it. And and he really responds to it. And I, I think what's beautiful about the writing and what's interesting about about it is that in another life you could see um Philip and Martha being really happy together. Like she's somebody who he could just genuinely be happy with. But Right. But um Philip could be happy with quite a lot of people for being like 100 about it. Like his his ex from Russia, the one who had his his oldest son, there after all those years apart, they still communicate well. They still have that great chemistry, right? Literally the only reason they're not together is they had different um assignments from the KGB. Um Martha obviously is like top contender. I honestly feel that um if he wanted to, if he had not known who Stan Beeman was, he could have absolutely made Sandra fall in love with him in order to get close to her FBI husband. Oh, absolutely. Like, the thing is, like, quiet as it's kept, women are not immune to Philip Jennings' charms, except for the woman he's, like, fake married to. <laughs> like, right, except like, for his actual wife. Except for these other women don't speak subterfuge with him. They mean what they say and they say what they mean, and it's really, really nice. Right. Um that he actually likes them, you know. Uh poor 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 um poor Philip. Uh so not really poor Philip, but really poor these women. But anyway, it all comes to a head. And so Philip basically lays it real, gets really real with Martha. And he's like, girl, got to get you out of the country. You got to leave. You got to go. I know you don't want to leave, but you got to go right now. (laughs) You got to go right now. Um, Martha does not take it well. She is 
she flips out, um, flips out to the point of almost getting them got because like Philip knew he said, like Philip was like, I can feel it. Like they know it's her and it's true. They know it's her and, and Stan and, um, the new guy, I don't remember his, the new guy's name. Uh, uh, this was agent Adderholt. Okay. Adderholt. Yes. Uh, Stan and Adderholt start fought, like have a detail following her and Philip's like, you don't have time to freak out. We've got to get you out of the country. And so, and eventually she, she, you know, makes peace with it and does it and gets on the plane. Right. And, um, and it took a lot of work to get there. And like high key, there were several instances where I thought like Gabriel was going to take her out. <laughs> Same. There were several instances where I thought Gabriel was just going to be like, I'm poisoning this girl and we're calling it a day. <laughs> I really feel like the only reason neither he or Elizabeth did that is because they understand that he is in love with her and that he would not be performing the way that he's performing if they actually did kill her. Right, right. Um, like, it's really bad, you guys. And Frank Adderholt, I mean, Frank Gad is pissed right now. His secretary was the mole for years. The woman sitting right outside his door. Do you know how that looks to his superiors? <laughs> um, and it's, and it's, I mean, it's so, and the part of why it's so great, why that is so great that she's the mole and she had been the mole for the, all these years is because it's like, it's something that Philip says to Elizabeth um, once Martha's gone and, and he's really grieving her, the loss of her, is that he's like, you know, people underestimated her. Everybody thought she was just a secretary, that she was just this, and she wasn't. She was a smart, capable loyal like hard as fuck person don't don't disrespect her or like don't try to like tell me something about her right when let's I talk about truth. martha being a real one for a minute she really like, held it down for so many years and understand she's not an agent. She's not trained to be dealing with the stress and this tension. She was out here doing battle every single day she walked into work. Okay. She was taking her life in her hands every time she sat down at that desk. This is not something that you could ask most people to do as well as she did it for as long as she did it. Like she a real one for that. And Ex the extraction of Martha, I knew was going to be difficult because Martha and her parents are super close. She's their only child and they love her to bits and pieces and she loves them both so much. She literally talks to her mom and dad every day. Right. Right. Like, that is not a relationship that is common for most people and their parents, especially when you're like well into your thirties and it is not a relationship that someone can walk away from no matter how much they love you. Like they're telling her we need to extract you and you will never talk to your parents again. So she's basically mourning parents who are still very much alive. Right. She's mourning a marriage that she never really had. <laughs> right. Um, like it's, it's a lot. She's going through a lot. <laughs> She's going through so much. She's going through so much. And she and she's so graceful when she leaves cuz like she you know, she looks at him and she's like, "I don't know what your situation is, but like 
I love you and like don't be alone and I want I I still want what's best for you. Like, damn Martha, even now as you're about to get on the plane to live in Moscow forever. <laughs> Child couldn't be me. A better, uh, a truly a, a better person. <laughs> I would be saving up my biggest loogie to spit in your face. <laughs> oh, <laughs> listen, he literally stole her future. You guys, let's put this in perspective. Y'all signed up to be KGB. Martha didn't sign up for this. <laughs> it's really, really bad. Um, you know, I the the only uh, saving grace is, is from the season is that they do not kill her. She does arrive in Russia safely, and they do take care of her like they say they were. They give her housing, they give her food, they give her shelter, they give her spending money, and they also give her a tutor to teach her Russian. Right. She Martha ends up okay. Martha really does end up does have like a genuine happy ending. Um, right. I believe next season they even like bring her to an orphanage and she adopts a daughter. Yeah. Um, and because, and I definitely know that's Philip's hand because that was something that Martha wanted and she didn't know that she couldn't have until after they'd already been married. But she's like, oh yeah, we should start having kids. And he's like, uh, I can't. And she still <laughs> stuck by his side. She still wrote, wrote hard for Clark. So now she's, She's getting a chance to be a mother to a child who needs a family, who needs parents, who has nobody. You know, their parents are dead. Um, and this is as close to keeping his promises as he's ever going to come with Martha. Right. 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 Um, and it's and I love that they finish off that character for us because, like, you know, um, they could have easily just had her leave and that be the end. And that would have been a fine ending. Like truly for that character because it is what it is but um they go back and really really finish that off really beautifully um so that's that's the thing so another thing that happens this season is like the dinner from hell Literally every time I think about this dinner, I'm so like, is there like a level of secondhand embarrassment that's like exponential? <laughs> the dinner from absolute hell. So basically, Elizabeth and Philip invite over Pastor Tim and his wife. And the whole idea is to talk about how they're gonna be like the whole idea is that, oh, they're over, they're over for dinner to talk about how like Yes, they're Russian spies, but they're totally normal. <laughs> they don't do bad things. <laughs> and so they come over, and then who also comes over? <laughs> Stan! Because he has no wife, and his children kind of hate him. <laughs> and, and he low-key invited himself over. Right, and he doesn't want to cook for himself. He doesn't want to try to like manage his basic needs for himself. This man was deep cover with an Aryan nation group for 10 years, but still doesn't know how to make a casserole. Fix it. Fix it, Jesus. I can <laughs> Please. So, the dinner from hell. So, like, the whole thing is, is like, so, obviously, like, the whole thing is incredibly in- intense and tension-filled. Because they're like, wait a second, are Pastor Tim and Alice going to, like, inadvertently, like, blab to Stan that we're spies? 
Right. And like, honestly, Alice wanted to snitch. Let's be very honest about this. Alice was desperate to snitch. Alice was waiting for either Tim to change his mind or Tim to drop dead so that she could snitch. Her husband was the only thing holding her back. Um, yeah, the only thing holding Alice back from snitching was, like, that old school, like, Christian sexism of, like, the husband is... Stand by your man. (laughs) (laughs) The the husband is the head of the household and I, as a wife, must, you know, do what he says or whatever. That's the only thing that was holding her back. Um, because she was ready. She was ready. Yeah, she stay ready. She 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 really was about about it. Like, it, it, if there was a, an invisible trigger, an invisible gun in the room, her hand was on the trigger. Um. Uh. Meanwhile, uh, Tim is still. Oh, excuse me. Philip is still dealing with Kimmy, and he's been working her for a long time, and he still managed to keep that relationship, uh, um, non physical and non sexual because he feels like a personal grievance about uh, seducing a teenage girl. Um, and um, meanwhile, in, in the case of Paige, she and Stan's son, Matthew, had had sort of a romance. But once her parents told her that they were spies, she broke things off with Matthew, never explaining why. Yeah, and it's it's sad because, like, Poor Matthew. Poor Matthew and poor Stan. Like, first of all, Stan is so excited that Matthew is dating Paige. And then, you know, um, Paige, you know, deserves to have, like, a cute little boyfriend. Like, it sucks because now it's it's just tainted. And um, Matthew also really likes her. <laughs> poor Matthew. Matthew also really likes her. And now she's just like, I can't. I just cannot in any sense of the word. And it sucks. Season four ends with Alice has the baby. William gets, uh, who is like their, William, who is the KGB agent, who was like, you know, trading all like the bio bio weapons. He gets got. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that was bad. That was so bad. And that sucks. And he, he dies. And um, right, because before they could like apprehend him, he uh, he infected himself with the glanders because I think he understood that he was not going to make it through several days or several weeks of questioning. And Mm -hmm. so he decided to take himself out like a real agent would. Right. Right. The glanders takes like something like 24, 36 hours to kill a person. So in his delirium, he starts talking about Elizabeth and Philip. He doesn't know their American names, but he's like, oh, um, you know, they're they're a couple, husband and wife. You would never guess. You would never you would never think it was someone like them. You know, they got a couple of kids, happy life, happy family. He knows all this stuff about them. And this wouldn't mean anything to anyone else, but it gets the wheels turning in Stan's head yet again. So Philip comes home and he tells Paige, you got to stop seeing Matthew. This is just too much. (laughs) And that's where we sort of end season, season four. So season four, good, bad, or basic. Uh, I like season four. I think it's good. I like season four, too. Um, (laughs) I'm going to keep comparing these people to Sons of Anarchy characters. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, William reminds me a lot of Otto 
and like he had that you know he did all that stuff for the club and he had that miserable ending um so let's talk about season five season five there is a new biological weapons La- a weaponized version of lassa fever is um up and running um they have a new uh, agricultural assignment because they believe that the, the americans are intentionally tampering with the food supply back home I will say season five is probably like if there's like a a worst season of this show. I think season five is probably it. Season five to me was definitely like the slowest. Yeah, I would agree. Season five was the slowest, but ironically, like it had some of the best highlights in the series overall. But as a whole, it was it was kind of slow. Yeah, it's uh, I get it. Like it's a lot, and it's a lot of like you know, it's a lot of slow burning that never it feels like it never quite goes anywhere, but I don't know. It's also, I also don't, but I, I don't hate it as much as I think other people disliked this season. Cause, um, I actually think everything in season five was necessary in terms of like the character work to build to season six. So I'm not mad at it. Um, but yeah, let's start with season, but season five. So season five, we kick it off with basically Philip and Elizabeth are still boiling mad. <laughs> that page is dating Matthew. They're like, you haven't broken up with him yet? Like, that's, like, stop. <laughs> stop that. Like, and... And it's she- weird because I thought they would be with it. But they don't want to get too close to Stan Beeman because they... Especially Philip sees how Stan, how close Stan is to them. Right. It's interesting. I actually knew that they would hate it from the beginning because I know that they'd be like, because like your first relationship, I guess, is so volatile, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I think they understand that Paige really still is just like a, she's like a teenager. And so it's like, and Elizabeth, (laughs) right? She can't hold water. And Elizabeth says as much when, when, because Paige is like, why are you guys always telling me to break up with Matthew? I like Matthew. You know, Elizabeth is like, she says something to the effect of, I don't care if you're, she's like, I don't care if you're having sex. It's not about the sex. Like, have sex. Like, do do as much sex as you would like. My thing is, is like, it's, it's the emotions that sex gets you into is what I'm afraid of. Yeah, she's afraid of those soul ties, people. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm nervous about, she's like, I don't care about the sex. It's not about the sex. You can have sex. I don't care. She's like, but when you have sex, you like, uh, she's like, inevitably you'll become emotional. And so then when you get emotionally attached to him, like what's going to stop you from telling him like uh, the truth about us, thinking you can trust him. She's like, that's what I'm afraid of. That's right. what I. That's where I'm at. <laughs> and then Paige is like, I would never, but honey, that track record is not working in your favor, <laughs> right? It's like, well, Paige, <laughs> have you met you? <laughs> right, like you be snitching. So I'm sorry if we can't take you seriously right now. Um, but this season, I think part of the reason it lags, like it kind of had no choice to, but to lag. There are too many moving parts now. There's Philip and Elizabeth who are not always on the same page right now. There's mm-hmm. Paige and they're not they're not on the same page about her. And she's also got a mind of her own. There's Matthew who's now too close to the situation by proxy to Paige. There's Stan who's even 
closer to the situation than ever before because again he's someone with very good instincts william's death got the wheels turning and he no longer has a wife who is a literal human distraction from the jennings right mm-hmm. um like there's so many moving parts here um they have uh they have a couple assignments they have individual assignments claudia and gabriel are both in the picture there's just so much at work in season um in season uh, five, it is the slowest season, but honestly, I think if they had made it any faster, I would have forgotten the, the major plot points. Right. And then we also have the introduction of new people. Oh, you know how I hate new people. But um, <laughs> Ugh, new people. You have, yeah. you have the introduction of Tuan and Pasha and uh, all of that whole deal. So that was really, really interesting because we had seen something close to this with, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Lucia, uh, the 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 girl from South America who was a, a, a KGB agent. Um, do you remember her? And they yeah. ended up having to dispose of her because she literally could not follow orders and she wanted her revenge more than she wanted to fulfill her missions. Um, but they got, they have this uh, Vietnamese uh, kid now. Uh, I think he's in his early 20s, but he passes for a teen and he's enrolled mm-hmm. in an American high school mm-hmm. and he's a KGB informant. So that was really interesting too, because, you know, during the Cold War and even long after, like, communist Russia has a lot of allies um and a lot of people don't really really think about that they think about like it's the u.s and its allies versus russia i'm like homie russia has allies too (laughs) right like somebody in the previous seasons got to go to cuba and i was like i would go to cuba (laughs) like (laughs) and and that's that was another thing oh yeah and i think somebody got to go to cuba and i think they offered gregory gregory could have gone to cuba and i was like gregory just go to cuba (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like, the more I think about it, like, Gregory was just suicidal, and he wanted to commit suicide by a cop, because he's like, well, I can't leave all of this, but, like, bro, you never even leave your apartment, like, most <laughs> of the time. You, you like to go out after dark, you're, like, you're very, you're very much, um, uh, uh, a pessimist when it comes to uh u.s uh race relations and spoiler alert he was right to be so why didn't you get on that that plane to cuba there's black folks in cuba (laughs) right there's a lot of black people in cuba gregory she even told him if you don't want to go to cuba go to russia you'll be treated like a hero they'll they'll treat you like a prince over there now i'm gonna be real like i couldn't be like martha i could not go to moscow like it's too cold like the cold would get me i'm not gonna lie (laughs) but like um if you're a white woman in D.C., you can be a white woman in Moscow. <laughs> but, like, if, but if y'all put Cuba on the table, I'd be like, girl, I'll be all right. I'll figure it out. Like, right. Like, if you put Cuba or, like, Argentina, like, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'm going to be all right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, hell, even Brazil. They have nice beaches over there. I'd be like, yeah, okay. I'll pack my bags. I'll pack and, my bags. Um, so the 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 Tuan character was very very interesting because this was an agent a new agent that Elizabeth was handling. She was his Claudia essentially mm-hmm. or his Gabriel. And he's really really interesting because he's someone who's probably more gung-ho than Elizabeth. Yeah, she's he... <laughs> 
yeah. she's trying to take as many liabilities and uh, uh, as, as few liabilities and as few casualties as possible. And he's just like, fuck it. If they die, they die. <laughs> right. Um. In fact, like, I mean, yeah. And, and this is why, like, I don't, like, even though season's slow, even though this season is, like, slow and, like, I feel like it's, like, whatever, like, there are parts of it to me that feel whatever, I don't hate it because the, particularly this assignment with, with Tuan and then the assignment with the hippie vegan dude out in Kansas or whatever is central to build, it's is central to, um, building this idea within the audience that Philip and Elizabeth are really, really tired. Like, like this Mm -hmm. work in terms of what they have to do to people, like perfectly nice people Mm -hmm. is like psychologically devastating. It is mentally and emotionally devastating. Um, And that is absolutely baked within this Tuan plot with Tuan himself, as well as as Pasha and, and his family, and also with you know the hippie veg- vegan dude who's you know f- he's a good guy. Like for he's above board. Right, right, right. Um, and it's really interesting because I think this season is central to the character evolution of Elizabeth Jennings herself. Mm-hmm. Like, Philip's been tired. I don't really see a change in him from this, from the last season to this season. But in this season, when dealing with Tuan, I think she really sees how Philip sees her. Um, and in dealing with that, uh, like you said, that granola, hippie, vegan scientist guy, she opens herself up to ideologies that she formerly never would have, right? There's a change in her. There's a change in her thought process. She's not the same Elizabeth from season one and two. Right. Like she she actually cares about uh sparing people's lives and and keeping the number of casualties low as opposed to before. And Elizabeth has done some really really messed up things. She's exploited a woman's alcoholism and her bad marriage. She uh that was a black woman. Uh there was the Asian woman who I think might have also been Vietnamese and her husband. Oh no, who, she's uh, a Korean. Korean, yes. Uh, Elizabeth essentially destroyed her marriage by making her husband think the woman's husband think that they had had drunken sex and that she had died in procuring an abortion right none of which happened the sex didn't happen the abortion didn't happen nothing happened (laughs) like but now he's a completely different husband the last we hear of this korean woman she's leaving a message for elizabeth who's going by some other name about how her husband has changed so much and um, she really misses her and she needs someone to talk to. Their marriage is destroyed over something this man didn't even do. So she's done some really messed up things, but she doesn't start taking stock of how they're messed up until she basically sees herself in Tuan. Right. Right. And, and you're so right about last season that like she goes by Patty, right? When she starts hanging out with this, Korean woman whose name I cannot remember. Sorry. Um, but Young when, Lee. Yes, Young Lee. Young. Um, so when she starts hanging out with them, and part of what's so devastating about that situation is Elizabeth 
really, really, I think for the first time, really feels for like this woman, like she's genuine friends with Yunli. Genuinely. I mean, she even the the Korean soup that like meal that Yunli teaches her to cook. She mm-hmm. goes back home and she cooks it for like Paige and and Henry and everyone for dinner. Like, oh my God, look at this new thing that my friend taught me how to do. Right, right. So yeah, she, she enjoyed spending time with her. Right. And to the point where when she has to go through with it, Philip is like, do you want me to do it? So you don't have to. Because like, he, I mean, and I think that's when Philip starts to feel like even I think sees a change in her as well because he gets it. He's like, yeah, it's devastating, isn't it? It sucks. Like, this is horrible what we do to people because we actually like them, <laughs> particularly when you actually like them. Um, and, you know, but, you know, Elizabeth, she's Elizabeth. So she's like, no, I'm going to just do it. But it's like you said, it's it's devastating. It's horrible because she's destroyed. um she's destroyed a family and she's destroyed a friend. Right. Young, he will never hear from Patty ever again. Um, and her husband is, you know, punishing himself and, um, by extension, his wife and his children over guilt, over something that never happened. It never happened, but he thought he had sex with this woman and he felt guilt over that. Then her quote-unquote family, again, Philip, Claudia, and Gabriel in disguise are coming through saying that she died procuring an abortion. And uh, they, they, you know, they want, they want money from him. Mm-hmm. And so now he's feeling all types of guilt over something that never happened. And like, he's a good man and he's a good husband. And he's never even considered... Uh, stepping out on on his wife and now their relationship is completely completely tainted which i thought was super interesting is just that uh you can you can feel so much guilt over how you perceive yourself not even just things that you're like solidly clear on right just the the perception of flaw can can completely destroy how a person sees themselves but she's done like really horrible things people like really bad things and she doesn't start questioning how she's moving and how she's dealing with these people until season five. So I thought this season was super necessary and like illuminating to her how, how bad things can be. So Tuan is not a sociopath. He's not a monster at all. He does have loyalty. Like he had loyalty to his former foster siblings mm-hmm. um, because he was one of the Vietnamese boat people and he was living in a foster home. So he, you know, breaks protocol and goes to visit one of his former foster brothers who's sick every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, he does have feeling. This is very much like Elizabeth. She does care about her children and her family. But when it comes to missions, he's ice cold. Uh, they make this Russian family their mark. Uh, the, the husband in particular. Um, he, his wife and his, his son don't want to be here and they miss home. But him, he, he hates everything about Russia and um loves everything about the united states and both tuan and philip and elizabeth just um hate what a bootlicker he appears to be and pasha goes to school with their son and uses the fact that their son is an outcast and their son is being bullied and actually exacerbates the situation to further isolate their son 
and get to the father through the son, even suggesting that the boy attempt suicide so that he will be sent back home. Right. Because the whole thing is that they're trying to get the mother, the, they're, they're trying to get the mother home because if they can get the mother at least to go back to Russia, then the center will take it from there. Um, so that's like sort of their directive. And yeah, like you said, he, I mean, they make it unbearable for this boy and not only, yeah, till he, he commits suicide, like he try or he makes a, an attempt. Um, and not like an, like a, like, I mean, he slits his wrist and he does it, he goes for it. And, you know, um, Philip can't take it. <laughs> Philip cannot take it. Um, because, I mean, Philip sees what I think we, the audience, see is that, like, he's just a kid. He's, and he's somebody's kid. You know what I mean? This is someone's child. Um right. And now, mind you, when Tuan, Tuan came up with this plan, hey, like, commit suicide, your, hus- your, your parents will come home before you bleed to death, and then your mom will take you home. He's genuinely not concerned at all that Pasha's going to die. He believes that they will get the timing just right, Pasha will live, and his mother will be so beside herself that she'll demand to go home with him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not trying to kill Pasha, Like, he's just trying to make the situation dire enough so that Pasha's mom will leave with him. But, of course, with most things, um, especially when you're bleeding out, um, the timing has to be perfect, and it's not. Um, It is. Pasha survives. Right, but, like, barely, because remember, the parents still came home 10 minutes later than what he thought they were going to come home. Like, if he cut any deeper, he would have been dead. Um... And, like, Philip and Elizabeth are like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, we need to take a walk. <laughs> so they take a walk, uh, like, a casual stroll to this boy's house, ringing all the doorbells, knocking on all the doors. Like, it's really bad. It's really bad. And I don't think Pasha realized how bad it was until he realized, oh, wow, the boy's parents are home late. And he's bleeding out in in his room somewhere. Like, I, I messed mm-hmm. up. <laughs> and. And I want to be clear, and it's not even, like, because he doesn't directly tell Pasha to, like, do it, but, like, he manipulates Pasha into doing it. Like, Tuan, yeah. like, man- essentially manipulates Pasha into com- committing suicide, and, like, Tuan is responsible for conditions getting so bad that Pasha would um, start having suicidal ideation. Um... And it's just, and yeah, and so they do it and it happens and like, it's just too much. It's too freaking much for Philip. And Philip, I think he goes in on Tuan and he like rips Tuan a new one. And Tuan kind of shoots back with like, oh, like you're not down for the cause enough or like you're weak. And Philip is like, I can't with you and just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're oh. new to this, sweetheart. They're OGs. They've been doing this for like almost twenty years, like over twenty years at this point, right? And it's and and to that point, Elizabeth then follows up. What once Philip's gone, like she follows up with Twan, and she looks at him and she says, "Listen, you are dedicated and you're smart, and you're gonna get caught because you can't do this work alone." The, she's like, the toll it takes on you mentally and emotionally, 
you have to have a partner. You have to have someone. You can't do this the way that you're doing it because either you'll get caught or, like, you will off yourself. Um, right. And she tells him to have the center send him somebody, which is, like, the best advice she's given anyone on the show. <laughs> Real, truly, truly and honestly. Like, and, you know, I love that she understands, too, that, like, he's young. Um, it's not that he's not committed or not devoted. Like, he's young, and he has, just hasn't seen enough stuff, right? Um, but ultimately, thankfully, despite Pasha's parents coming home late, he lives. And um, he doesn't even understand how he was manipulated by Tuan. He's like, listen, I barely made it, but your plan worked. I'm going back home. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Um, he's just so grateful to be going back home to Russia. Now think about how miserable someone had to be when they almost lost their life. They were inches to death, but they think that it's worth it to leave this environment. Um, if that's not an anti-bullying PSA, I don't know what is. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. (laughs) Um, something else that happens I guess that's like, I think that's significant. Um, is Philip's son crosses all the borders? Yes. Out of communist Russia to see him. And then Gabriel is like, oh no, girl, you can't do that. Yeah, he's like, I want to see my dad. And he, they're like, uh, like let's not do that um so young misha i guess misha misha jr wants to go see his dad and he takes his life into his hands you guys he really does to do this to do this he's like this is the only family that i have left and they're like you can't see your dad but you know um uh runner-up prize <laughs> i guess we're gonna put you in touch with his family here's your family goodbye <laughs> here's your family um because he did have family back home but the only family he knew was his mother's brother right like his maternal family Mm. um so they put him in touch with with philip's family and philip knows that his son is alive and well um but i think things get more interesting later on when um it was it before or after this he realizes that his son's in the military so his work is more important than ever because his son is one of those boys that he needs to keep alive uh, I don't remember. I don't remember if this it was the season or that season. But anyway, further this season, uh, Paige meets Gabriel. And so she gets pulled a little bit deeper into uh, this world that her her parents are a part of. Um, and the, the show's really, really good about not letting the past die because again, we never we ne- we don't see young he after season um four but in this season a mary Kay saleswoman comes to elizabeth's door and like she remembers how she did that lady foul like she still feels broken up about it as she should as she should right um but everybody's sleeping with their demons right now um you know um uh philip flashes back to his youth um uh and um you know, he he finds out that his his father was a guard at a Siberian labor camp. Um, 
Oleg is flashing back to um, his current relationship with his wife and his child and his relationship with Nina. Stan thinks about Nina often. Like, it's it's a lot to, to process. Yeah, there's also, I don't know, I don't remember, I, it might have been either this season or the season previous, but, like, Stan and Oleg, because Stan is also, Stan and Oleg are, are in converse communication with each other and Stan's directive is to work Oleg and Oleg comes to him with knowledge of like Russia developing this biological weapon and he trades it over to Stan not because Oleg wants to betray his country but he but because he um is genuinely worried about like the safety of humanity in -hmm. terms of developing it. And I really like it because it's when we start to see a change in Stan and that Stan kind of realizing once again, that like nationalism isn't real um, in, in that all these people are just people doing their jobs, trying to sort of just, get through stan is genuinely moved that oleg would just do the right thing and do the right thing for humanity and i think it's when stan finally starts to see like other people who aren't americans as you know actual people if that makes sense yeah absolutely and i think the audience starts seeing oleg a bit differently as well because before like i said he's a a very prominent minister's son in russia that's why he had the science and technology position at the residentura or the soviet embassy um and um he doesn't seem to take his jobs very seriously at all but we realize that you know um he is capable and more than that um he's competent and he feels like he owes this to Nina to make the situation right, to make it all worth something. Right? right? So he's just trying to avert another war and another, uh, uh, you know, more lost lives. Yes, he comes from a wealthy family, but he knows how the people in his country have suffered as a result of war. Right? Right. So he does not want them to go through with that again. Another person who, I guess, not has a change, but a character that gets a. Uh, I feel eased out of the main cast in a really, really uh, inspired way is the Henry Jennings character. So Henry Jennings is very self-absorbed person. I don't mean like, oh, he's self-centered or he's selfish or anything like that. He's very self-absorbed. He's very like contained in his own world, right? This is how he doesn't see who his parents are or how much his sister has changed in the last year. Mm. (laughs) Like... And he is really, really smart. And they miss that. They completely miss that until one of his teachers bring it up. They're like, like your son is like gifted, like genius level. And one of his uh, classmates has been uh, accepted into a very prestigious, prestigious boarding school and he wants to go. Henry, d- uh, Philip does not want that. So he tells Henry, instead of saying no, he says, if you get in, you can go on the presumption that Henry won't be able to get in. But he does. <laughs> Right. When when Henry gets to the opportunity to go to this boarding school, it's interesting because I totally took Henry as like his straight A's and like even this boarding school thing is like your classic. 
I took it as like, you know, the classic neglected child tries to be as perfect as possible to get attention from their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's, that's a thing like it. Right. Right. Uh, uh, but no, he's just like, I guess he's just, um, he's just super smart and he's hanging out with these other kids and he's like, yeah, I want to, I want to go be with where my, where my friends are and they're at this place and this is what I want to do too. And, um, right. and like you said, it's, it's a very prestigious boarding school and they're both kind of like, what? <laughs> uh, but, right. But eventually, and he's not all the way stupid. He's like, y'all barely even home anyway. Like, why can't I go to boarding school? (laughs) Right, and right, he brings that up, and um, and he goes, he gets in, he goes on Scott, and he gets an academic scholarship to go since it's expensive. And Henry's chucks them deuces, not chucks them deuces, but like basically, yeah. Pretty much. Um, another character gets wrapped up this season is Pastor Tim. So last season, Pastor Tim and his wife got lost in Africa, you guys, on one of their missions. And the KGB had nothing to do with it, but uh, um, Elizabeth and Philip and uh, Gabriel and Claudia had to do everything in their power to get this man back so that their daughter wouldn't think they had something to do with it. This season, he is leaving for good, willingly. Um, he got a position with an international church group in Buenos Aires, and he is he leaves uh, eventually for Argentina, and we never hear from him again. Amen. Godspeed, Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim. So now, before they leave, though, this is really important. They ask him, "Do you think Paige and Henry could live in Russia?" And he's like. Do you even know your kids? Nah. <laughs> I don't know about Henry, but Paige, nah. <laughs> and he's right. He's 100% right. Like, these kids are not about that life. Simply put, they're American. And because uh, they were hiding their identity this entire time to their kids, those kids are Americanized. There's no way around it. Right. They, right. Yeah. Um. So the season ends with... Uh, the big, the big thing with Pasha, with Pasha's attempted suicide, and um, Martha adopting a child, and Henry is going off to boarding school for real, for real, and um, Philip gaining the knowledge from Kimmy that her dad is being uh, promoted to CIA head of the Soviet division and to CIA head of the Soviet division, which is like a big, big deal because that's all of this sort of spy stuff on, on Russia and, um, and Elizabeth and not, and Paige kind of starts taking, uh, Paige breaks up with Matthew and then she starts taking this spy shit really serious, seriously and starts training, with her mom and that is how um and then but also the big the other big big thing that that we end the season with is um philip and elizabeth agreeing that philip will not take any new more assignments he he'll quit he's gonna quit and stop like he'll keep up the kimmy detail because of the importance of it but that's it He's just going to do 
it's it's right. been too much on him and he's just gonna do Philip. And that's how we end season five. Right. It's really, really tense. I really feel like they left a lot of the tension for that middle and end of that season, right? Mm. Like it 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 ended the way that their seasons typically end. Like it got you thinking. It's very provocative. Um, so what do you think of season five? Good, bad, or basic? Um, yeah, it's good. I'll still put it at a good, like I said, because of all this, even though it's kind of slow, I think all the character work and all the plots that sort of build up to Philip quitting and Elizabeth continuing to stay on and the stuff with Paige and Henry, um, ultimately works. Right, right. I'm going to give it a good as well. Like other seasons, I've given them like a good plus or an excellent. I'm going to give this one a solid good. Um, The changes that I would want to make, I don't know if you could feasibly make those changes and keep the storytelling intact. So if I couldn't do better or I couldn't imagine better, I'm going to keep it at a good. so final season is, is of the Americans is season six, which is also the shortest season. The previous seasons all had 13 episodes. This one only has 10. But don't let that number fool you. They did what they had to do. <laughs> season six picks up in September of 1987, which is three years after the conclusion of season five. By this point, Paige is in college. She's very much like infiltrated as a second generation Um uh, KGB agent, um, and, uh, Claudia is her handler as well. And not only are they training her, but they also like show her videos and tapes from Russia about what life was like in Russia when Elizabeth and Claudia were still there. Right. And mm-hmm. basically try to integrate her into that, the society. And I'm sure at this point they've already been teaching her how to speak Russian. So, um, at this point, Philip is a full-time travel agent. All right, that like right? that's what he does. <laughs> because this opening, like it's I'm I remember like I was watching. I was like, oh, I'm so happy for him because like he is really living. Like he does his little travel. Like he is so happy. <laughs> like, like he's never been happier. You know, he does his little travel agency stuff. Granted, that will soon be obsolete, uh, but he's doing his little travel agency stuff. He goes to the movies. He hangs out with his... He goes to New Hampshire to see his son play hockey that he's so excited about. You know, he bought his little cowboy boots. (laughs) He finally bought his cowboy boots, and he goes line dancing now. Shout out to Philip. Philip is living his best life right 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 um it's interesting because he was living a lie for so many years now that lie is his truth and you can see the change in him he was really coming apart at the seams and like cracking around the edges um i don't think he would have been able to do this for a second longer than he had to (laughs) so he really left in the nick of time um uh now elizabeth however she's the one who's falling apart she's got the weight of yeah she's got the weight of the same things that he dealt with too she's been with him all this time and now she's doing the work alone the same thing she told twan that you cannot do this alone um because you will fail has now become her reality right i was about to say like when also as much as as great as it is i also mentioned those cowboy boots because like so earlier we talked about Paige 
when that older skeezy guy hits on Paige, um, he, this happens like when they're at the mall. And, yeah, like, in season one, I remember that. In season one, and like while they're at the mall, like Philip tries on these cowboy boots and starts like fake line dancing in them. So to see it come full circle in season six is like really cute. I really love it when writers like remember details like that. I think that's just like right. the piece de la resistance and like really just smart and cute. And cause it really like makes you feel as a viewer, like, Oh yes. Like I'm so happy for these people. Anyway, that's why I mentioned the, the line dancing in the boots. Yeah, it's no, it's important because the show never really forgets um, any of the breadcrumbs or Easter eggs or like little bits of information about their characters. It's very clear that the characters were very well fleshed out and every little thing, like nothing was improvised in the writing, right? Right. Because like he's worn cowboy boots like undercover as one of his alter egos on a mission, but Philip Jennings cannot wear them because they draw too much attention. <laughs> right, and now he can do that. He can, he can line dance with those white people in freedom amen right um. <laughs> like, like elizabeth even got on him in like i think it was season one or two when he bought a new car it was like this beautiful white sports car because that is an attention getting car <laughs> right 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 um and now he can drive his like you know his nice his shiny black car in peace um so yeah, well, but yeah, in this opening, so as much as Philip is thriving, we see that our girl Elizabeth is is down bad. She's tired. She is. She's tired. She's heaved. I mean, she. She's you know she gets on the phone. She gets on the payphone and she's like, "I miss you," <laughs> like to Philip, which is like something she does not do. Like you know what I mean. Yeah, you know she's down bad when she's talking about I miss yous and I love yous. That's not her nature. I'm not. I'm gonna keep comparing these people to Sons of Anarchy characters. (laughs) She is visibly, functionally depressed, very a la Tara on Sons of Anarchy. She's like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. (laughs) But I'm here. Like, you can see, like, her face literally, and I know, like, we just did a time jump of three years, but there's not a physical time jump jump of three years in between recording season five and season six. And she looks visibly older. I was about to say, shout out to the makeup department, truly. Shout out for real. <laughs> Y'all did what needed to be done. And it's not exaggerated. It's just very, like, my stress levels can't do this right now. <laughs> And she's smoking more than ever. And as most smokers know, it's something that you're that you want to do more when you are very anxious. Like it's supposed to uh, nicotine is supposed to calm the nerves. But of course, nobody knows that uh, uh, Elizabeth smokes except for Philip and the uh, deceased Gregory. No one else had ever seen her smoke, not even her children. Because right. habits like that are things that make you stand out, and they're not supposed to stand out. Right, right. So, so that's all. So, so the thing. So the, and then the final sort of hit to the gut is this new operation she's being asked to do. So she goes to Mexico and she gets a new operation, and. Um, it's called Operation Dead Hand, and 
I forget what the whole thing is. It's about like war missiles and like an upcoming arms summit. But basically the the person who's giving her the mission is like if she if she gets got, she has to take a cyanide pill and go quietly into the night. And it's it's definitely an extremely tense way to start off the season. Right? Like she's like, I signed up for this, but not like this, you know? Um, it's really bad. Um, um, uh, and this is all in, this is all in the opener. So they really come in with a bang. Uh, the summit you're talking about is the Reagan Gorbachev summit. Um, and the, the summit is littered with like, you know, top intelligence from both countries, but also like CIA and KGB agents as well. Mm -hmm. Um, last season we were also introduced to Renee, a gorgeous blonde woman that Stan met at the gym. Um, and he and, and Philip used to go to the gym all the time to play squash. And they, they, they took that back up again this season. But in season six, Stan is married to Renee. And from the moment Philip met Renee, he thought that Renee was KGB. Obviously, there's no way of proving this because the agents don't know each other unless they have to work together. And even when they work together, oftentimes they're both in disguise. He has no way of proving that Renee is KGB, but the fact that he's so concerned about it says so much about his friendship with Stan and that he really does love Stan and care about him. Right, right, right. Um, do you think Renee was KGB? Absolutely, girl. <laughs> I did not trust her. I did not trust her. I was like, they know exactly what he likes. He likes those quiet, soulful blondes. And they delivered. And he was <laughs> lonely. And his son was about to leave the house. And he was about to be an empty nester. And he just happened to meet this woman. And then, not only that, um, in this season, Renee expressed an interest in working for the FBI as well. I was like, nah, something's not right. <laughs> this is not right. No. And Renee conveniently doesn't have any children and has never been married at her age. Like the, as good as she look in the eighties, I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy it. You guys, I definitely think she was an agent. The show plays it really smart though. We never get confirmation of whether she is or is not. Right. <laughs> Which I like. I thought, I also think that's a very smart choice by the writers. You, you always just, it's always just sort of there in the back of your mind. Um, that's true because she's an aerobics instructor and then, like, she wants to work for the FBI. Like, girl, what? How, sis? <laughs> Are you going to set up, like, basic training for FBI recruits to make sure they're in peak physical fitness? Like, what is the game plan here? But no, she's not just an aerobic instructor, right? In instructor. And it's so, the if she is a KGB agent, it's so well played. Because she's beautiful and obviously very fit. But then Stan gets to know her and she's so deep and a great conversationalist and so smart. And she's got this degree that she's never used because she loves aerobics and she's like the DC Jane Fonda. <laughs> like, <laughs> she she doesn't have any kids and doesn't want any. So there's no pressure on him to give her babies, right? She's just trying to be loved up with this guy who happens to be an FBI agent. And she never complains about his work hours. How convenient. <laughs> Yeah, if she is an agent, she is playing her position well. And if she's not, then she's just his dream woman. But how often does anyone get their fantasy partner? That's true, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm side-eyeing her. Um, so in this season... 
Paige is basically um, followed by a U.S. security officer when she's near like an army base. And he pulls an Amador. He becomes completely fixated on her, um, wants her number, wants to take her out, will not let her leave until she gives him her ID as assurance that she will call him. Like, it's ridiculous. And so Elizabeth, like Philip had to kill Agent Amador, she has to kill this guy now to get Paige's ID back. All of that could have been avoided if you weren't a damn creep. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, why are y'all like this? Why? <laughs> why? Why? No means no. And and I need to think about it also usually means no. It doesn't mean, mean convince me. Right? Like, let that, like, learn lessons. Learn teachings. No means it's so no. Bad. It's so bad. Again, all of this in the season opener. All of it. But Elizabeth is dealing with a lot. And as much as she misses Philip, she's also highly resentful of him for having her, for having to shoulder this burden alone now. She didn't sign up for this. She came to the U.S. with a partner. And now she doesn't have a partner anymore. Um, after she's had someone to lean on for over 20 years. Um, and so um, he, he has a meeting with uh, Oleg uh, in this first episode. And he tries to tell Elizabeth about it. Like, shit is not adding up. It's not what you think it is. I need to talk with you. And she's like, I'm too tired to talk with you right now. I'm not <laughs> having this conversation. <laughs> Goodbye. Right. And and like you said, so basically, like, Elizabeth gets, like like you said, Elizabeth, our girl's down bad. She's tired of shit. And, um, uh, and eventually Elizabeth is like, you better get out here. Elizabeth calls Philip. Well, there's like a dead drop and like in secret code in like the secret code way, spy code way, Elizabeth gets to Philip and she's like, you better get out here and come do this mission with me. Cause I'm not doing it by myself no more. <laughs> like, and Philip, because he's a good husband, like, you know, he comes running, you know, he's on his way. Right. They have, she has a mission with another uh, KGB agent to save one of their own, right? Right. And, like, it starts to go south, and she realizes that early, and she, like, she's, she basically says, I don't think this is going to end well. And so he's like, do you need me? And she can't bring herself to say, I need you. But right. he knows. So he before she even answers, she's just like, I'll be I'll I'll take a flight out tonight. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. Right. He's and like, so, I'll be there. Like he leaves their son, who came home from boarding school alone on Thanksgiving to bail out Elizabeth. And this again gets the wheels turning. He tells Stan, Hey, I need you to have to to look out for Henry, um, because we need to take care of something with clients. Ain't no travel agent emergency in the world that severe. <laughs> severe. And also, like, not during Thanksgiving. Like, everyone's already where they're at. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if you if you are at your destination, great. If you're not there, too bad. Too bad. Like, it's Thanksgiving. Nobody cares. You're going to have to wait right. till Monday. So, you know, these things just keep making him more and more suspicious. And then he talks, you know, he remembers... Uh, speaking to one of Gregory's associates who told him that uh, Gregory used to be visited by this white woman all the time. And now when she was with Gregory, when she went to see Gregory, she was never in disguise because he was an informant that knew his position, right? Mm -hmm. But 
his friends would would occasionally see her and they would always talk about how she would she had hair like a shampoo commercial and she smoked like a chimney and then he remembers what william said when he was convalescing about how uh, this is a couple. They work together. They've got a couple kids. No one would ever suspect. The wheels are turning. And the only reason why Stan doesn't bust them sooner is because he and Philip are best friends. Right. That's the reality of the situation. Philip is his best friend. So the the piece of this puzzle are not fitting together because he has cognitive dissonance where Philip is concerned. Right. He doesn't want to believe the truth about really the people who he's closest to, right? Because he, I mean, he's with Renee, but like, he's not, Matthew never particularly liked him, right? Matthew definitely blames his father for the dissolution of his parents' marriage. And And and, Matthew barely even knows him. He was like gone for 10 years of this kid's childhood. (laughs) Right. And even I think in the previous season when uh, Stan is talking about oh yeah, Matthew's applying to colleges. And Philip is like, oh, oh, okay, like where? Stan's like, oh, well, you know, he does all that with his mom, right? So he doesn't even know where his son wants to go to school. (laughs) Like basic shit, like he doesn't really know. Um, So- I mean, Matthew's a real one because a lot of kids from like, you know, of divorced parents or single parents have a tendency to idealize the parent who's absent. But he's like, no, like mom's the one who's like, who did everything. (laughs) Right. So that's where my loyalty is. Is. And so, you know, he, so, so it's not like he's close to Matthew in particularly. He's close to Henry, right? Um, Yeah, he's close to Henry. He's close to Paige. He's close to Philip. He's close to like that. Though these are the people who he's actually close to. Right. Um, he was close to Gad, but Gad is dead, right? right. Which forced yeah. him Agent to. Agent Gad died like right after his retirement. He was assassinated. Right. Um, just... It's interesting because the uh, the Henry and uh, Stan relationship, I also think, is brilliant writing. They fill a void for each other. Like, he loves his son, Matthew, and and Henry loves his father, but these people are largely absent from their lives. They fill that void of father and son for each other. They do. They do. Um, And it works because they both... um, And part of the reason why it's so strong is, is like you you kind of just said, like, you know, they both love Philip, right? So they have that to bond over and then, you know boy shit whatever boys bond over i don't know don't ask me it's really weird because he has so much more in common with stan than he has with his father and i don't think that's necessarily because um he was raised in america but because for better or for worse henry will never knew his parents and will never really know who his parents are they hid so much from him he could never bond with philip the way he bonded with stan because stan's not living a double life (laughs) Right. No, that's true. That's true. And so, where was I going with this? Um. Oh, so so, but like, so that's why Stan can't really see, can't see the see the truth, uh, essentially. But it is becoming more and more clear to him what is actually going on. Right, right. And, you know, he he doesn't 
he doesn't act on this information immediately. He just becomes more suspicious. So he does what he did in the beginning of season one. He starts snooping again. He goes to their backyard and he finds this massive uh, uh, um, amount of cigarette butts in like the garden area, right? But mm-hmm. he's never seen Elizabeth smoke. But then it's clicking when they said that Gregory used to be visited by this woman with gorgeous hair who smoked like a chimney. It's clicking that she's hiding the fact that she's smoking. Um, And that's something that people's neighbors are usually aware of, either because they've been in your house and your house smells of cigarettes or they see you standing outside of your house to, you know, get a smoke break in. Right. Right. So it's like, why are you hiding the fact that you smoke? Like, it's the 80s. Like, literally nobody cares. (laughs) Um. So now he's becoming more and more suspicious of them. And then the Thanksgiving thing was a nail in the coffin. Like you're running off, leaving your child who's away at boarding school for most of the year alone on Thanksgiving. So right. it's, really, it's really weird. There's no, there's just no getting around it. And then he remembers back in season one um, when uh, Philip calls him and tells him to check on the kids because Elizabeth's aunt, who's old, fell down a flight of stairs. But that was the same day that, um, you know, they almost accosted those two agents. And then he's putting that together. He's like, what if the reason she was gone was because she was injured? Right, right. All All the pieces are clicking now. They're falling into place. Definitely. That's all starting to click. It's all putting it together. And it doesn't make it... um, and what makes it worse is that Philip and Elizabeth are are doing missions again, but these missions are are going south for the most part. They're none of them are working um, the way they want them to. And furthermore, something that this show had been setting up from last season and then is coming to fruition even more in this final season is that um, there is a divide uh, and this is just lining up with uh, uh, his, like the historical context in terms of like the fall of communism in Russia eventually. Um, but uh, there is a huge divide within the center and within the Russian government of like what they're even trying to do. Um, you have like, uh, you have one, you have the KGB that's sort of out of control in terms of like the power in the government and do you have the other side of the government and essentially they're trying to stage a coup, right? So mm-hmm. that within itself, that sort of disorganization and, and divide of loyalties has made their jobs even harder because now they have to, the like Philip and Elizabeth have to decide like, okay, like who do we trust? <laughs> like what's actually happening right now? Right. Right. Um, it's it's really convoluted because now their government was of one mind and now it's of two minds so like who do i trust and which orders are we supposed to be taking (laughs) taking exactly and once you're like having to question like which orders are the right orders like that gets you got really quickly right? right um and so and that's essentially what happens like due to the disorganization of like essentially the the fracturing of the 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 Soviet regime in Russia and and um, Philip and Elizabeth are are out. They're not outed, but like they under they get that like stands like put it together and 
a vital piece of information of their identities gets leaked. And so they immediately start the the count like they they start the clock to to you know no sleep till moscow um and start to do what they have to do to disappear and that's when stan like it all really just falls into place for stan and they start watch and stan and his and adderholt are watching this garage and stan just gets up and he's like i I gotta go, I'll be back. And he's like, is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, I just, I have a suspicion. And so, you know, he calls the house, nobody answers. You know, he calls Henry. Um, and Henry's like, no, my parents aren't up here. And Stan drives to where Paige drives to... Um, he, Paige's college, yeah. Yeah, Paige's college. And Elizabeth and Philip and Paige are all there because they're they're telling Paige we gotta go. We're going to Russia. Like get ready. It's all been. It's we're we've got we've been outed. We have to leave. It's um, over, girl. It's over, girl. They're not taking Henry, which I thought was this, which was the smart decision. Not smart, but I also thought it was what it was what was fair to Henry. It's a kind decision, certainly. Certainly. And I was like, you know, Henry, and I, I was like, Henry's going to be sad, but like, also he's going to be fine. He's going to have an incredible start. Like he's going to the super elite boarding school where like all he does is like mingle with like the, the kids of like senators mm-hmm. and like rich people. Like, I don't think he's going to want to tell those people that story. This is still the eighties. And if, if, if people found out who his parents were, they would judge him based on that. Like, Stan wouldn't, because he knows him, but I think other people would. Like, but I was like, yeah, that, but I remember thinking that's a great decision, because honestly, like, Henry's just going to, like, find found, like, a tech company. He'll right. Be, he'll be a part of the dot-com boom in the 90s, and then write a book about, and then write a book uh, in 2000, and get rich all over again. Like, he's going to be fine (laughs) yeah yeah definitely sit on that story till the year 2000 like my husband my my parents were kgb and i had no idea (laughs) like he's gonna be a okay like he's gonna be sad for a little bit but it's he's it's all gonna work out for henry um but yeah and then so they get they get and they're in the car and stan and then the the confrontation that we've been waiting for essentially for for like six seasons finally happens and it is every bit worth the wait it's a gut punch definitively oh let's talk about this confrontation and how well it's set up so they lead Paige out of her dorm room and they're walking to their car they're walking in the garage and stan is standing behind them with gun pointed it's so interesting because the first time that um uh, in season one where he went snooping, he broke into their garage and Philip was there waiting with a gun pointed to his head. Right, um, so I thought, <laughs> I thought that was super great, but then he's like, he puts it all on the table. He's, he, he doesn't even say, are you guilty? He's like, I know you're fucking guilty. You've been playing me for a fool all these years. How dare you people? Like first he gets in on page and he's like, where are you going? What are you doing? You're sick. You need both your parents to take you home because you're sick. That's a good story. (laughs) He's upset, you guys. He's so upset. And finally, it all comes out in the wash. This is who we are. You know who we are. Yes, this was us. Yes, this was also us. 
Um, he th- doesn't ask about Chris Amador, thankfully, because um, he thought that he knew who had killed this person anyway. Um, a friend of Nina's, a young boy traveling. Um, but, he, and, you know, he's like, what did you want me to do, Stan? You moved in next door. We didn't plan for that. And Stan says, you know, you were my best friend. And Philip says, you were mine. Like, that wasn't a lie. The affection and affinity that they that he had for Stan was never a lie. Also, shout out. He keeps this man with his kids. Come on now. Right. Also, shout out to Philip Jennings and Est and emotional and fine and like learning emotional intelligence because that hardcore saved him. (laughs) It really did. Nothing the KGB gave them could have prepared them for this moment in this way. Because, like you said, Stan is like, you know, he, he's like, you do, he's like, you're guilty, you're guilty. And Philip and Elizabeth are like, oh my gosh, Stan, like, why are you acting like this? Like, they're doing, like, this is so weird. Don't be like this, Stan. And Philip is the first to break. He's like, girl, I don't know, girl. You know, he's like, I just had a job, you know? You know how you be on the clock and you clocking in and you clocking out. It just be like that. <laughs> Right. Like, Philip is the first to break. Right. And Sam's like, I did what I had to do for my country. He's like, yeah, that's what I did too. Like, we're soldiers. This is what we're doing. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like, literally, the only difference is that my country and your country happen to be different countries who happen to be at war. That's yeah, it. But that's uh, it. <laughs> but, you know, he lets him know to that, or, or Paige lets him know that, like, Henry doesn't know anything about anything. And no, I wasn't with your son because I was trying to work him. I just actually liked him and then philip does something that makes it very clear to the high regard that he holds stan in he doesn't tell stan oh just look after my kid for one night or two he says please take care of henry right like, i'm leaving my child's welfare welfare to you i will not be here to oversee that <laughs> please just take care of my son and he, he really says, loves you and he says um tell him the truth tell him the truth it's fine Right, they have nothing to lose at this point. They have nothing to lose at this point. Um, So all of this came to a head because Claudia proved herself to essentially not be trustworthy. She was part of that coup that was trying to overthrow the government, and she was sending Elizabeth on these false missions, and and Philip was the one to finally break the truth to her. Um, But they get brought home by their actual government. Um, And before they were leaving... They said their goodbyes to Henry as best they could. They called him, tried to make small talk, which is something that his mother in particular never does. She's not a small talk person. They can't say goodbye, we're leaving forever, you'll never see us again, we're sorry. But they try to tell him as best that they can that they love him and they're proud of him before they board a train. And at one of that the stops, conversation is devastating, ooh. by the way. It's so it well acted and it's so devastating. Because it's like, you know, he just thinks it's like any other normal conversation. You know, he's like, he, you know, because Philip is like, oh, I love you. And I, I think you're so great. And he's like, just be yourself. Like, you know, he's he's giving right. like typical dad like advice. He's like, you know, he's like, you're perfect the way you are. And he's like, really just be yourself. Like, you know, that's that's all you got to do in life. And Henry's like, are you drunk? <laughs> like, 
child. Yeah, especially when the mom comes on and she's just like, Henry, I think you're just such a wonderful person. You have such a good heart. And da 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 da. And he's like, uh, okay. I got to get back to this game, though. though. <laughs> uh, and literally, the only person he doesn't question when she has that kind of conversation with him is his sister. But the first couple seasons showed us that Henry and Paige are quite close. Um, they actually went through like a situation together in early seasons that they just never, they promised never to tell their parents about. Um, and so she's, he's not weirded out when she says these things, but he's weirded out when his parents do, especially his mom, but he doesn't know this is the last conversation he has with them. So you feel all of this love and all of this tension on their end. And we just feel how casual things are on his end. And it's like breaking your heart. Because they're like, yeah, but you're never going to talk to them again. <laughs> um, so they get on this train. They disguise themselves. They get on this train with their fake passports and match these disguises. And at one of the stops, Paige makes a decision to get off the train. And Elizabeth sees her. And this is the closest she's ever come to breaking down. Like, it takes every cell in her body to stay in her seat. And when, Eliz- when Philip, who was in the next uh, train car, sees Paige... His immediate reaction is to get up and go comfort his wife. Right. Because she's she's shocked that Paige... And it's like, they're not... And it's when they're already cross, across the U.S. border. Because they get fake passports into Canada. And then Paige... And it's Rouse Point... Uh, which yeah, she, think- gets off on, she gets off at the last stop before you cross into the Canadian border. No, because I think Rouse Point is, is Rouse, because they're like, next stop is Montreal, but Montreal is like way up. Right, no, uh, the Rouse is the last U.S. stop on that train. Oh, okay. So, like, she gets off right before they get to Canada. Um, I mean, she's making her decision. Obviously, her mom doesn't agree with it, but I think what she's doing is the best thing for her and possibly the best thing for her brother. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Paige is. I mean, she, we, the ending frame on Paige is that like we see her go back to the apartment, the, the, the safe house, the, with Claudia, um, the safe house that she goes to when she reports to Claudia. But like, so I guess the thought is that Paige is going to continue to be second gen. Mm. Uh, under Claudia's instruction, but Claudia's got got in the coup. So, like, what is she gonna do? Uh, well, I, I mean, she can just go. I mean, wait a couple months for the heat to die down and go to the Soviet embassy and have them relocate her and send her on missions, or she can con- she can continue living under this new identity, right? Um, get some papers forged and live as this new person. Basically, I mean, do what I- her parents did when they came to the U.S. I guess, yeah. Like, I guess she can go to California and get lost um because i'm just like but like but i feel like the fbi follows you everywhere that's why it's like a federal agency i don't know Luck right fine. right right um and, and the thing is though she's the Paige jennings is the only one in any fbi database with a new identity and a new look she can you know slide under that radar a little bit um especially um when she leaves the east if and when she leaves the east coast um it's I, I I'm not mad at her for staying. I'm really not. I would rather live that lie in the country that I know than go back um not even back, go to a country that I know nothing about. 
for who knows how long. I mean, that's fair. And I guess like if she, like you said, if she gets a new identity, she can, when she gets a new identity, she can start clean. She doesn't have to do, she doesn't have to keep doing espionage work. She can literally reset her life. Exactly. And and she's young enough to reset her life. Um, And it's the eighties. So, um, uh, digital prints were not as hard, uh, were, were very uh, hard to come by. Um, most kids were fingerprinted in the hospital when they were born, but those fingerprints were not put on file, right? Mm. So she can she can pull a Don Draper if she wanted to. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She can do that, and she can just kind of, you know, ghost. Um, good. Um, but, um, this- yeah, but... Oh, Phil- never mind. Uh... Oh, no, sorry. You go ahead. Uh, I was going to say one of the things that um, the show creator, uh, Joe uh, Joe Weisberg, spoke about is that when Philip and Elizabeth come home, um, it's like the beginning of uh, late. uh, It's like the it's like in 1988. This is literally right before the Iron Curtain comes down and it wouldn't be lifted for three years. So even if she wanted to see her family in Russia, it would be at least another three years before Paige ever sees her parents again. Mm. And so like that it's, it's like a a sad note on that regard, but like the Jennings made it out alive. And one of the important things that Philip said to Stan as well, before he left is that he, he thought Renee was KGB. And I really felt that was big of him to say because another man might have been like, you're accusing my wife of what? And just shot you in the face just over that accusation. <laughs> it really shows how much he cares about Stan that he's like, listen, I don't know what the story is, but I'm trying to give you a heads up. Right. Right. He does say that to her. Like, he's like, I can't be sure, but like, I think she is. And, um, and then Stan, true to his word, um, True to true to his word, I mean, before he he first he gives it some time. He he waits until he rats out the Jennings. He gives them like a head start, and then he um, sells out. And then he you know tells the FBI about Philip and Elizabeth. And then true to his word, he goes up to boarding school and tells Henry and and makes a commitment to to look after Henry and. Um, and yeah, Philip and Philip and Elizabeth make it out alive. They make it all the way back to Moscow, and hopefully, you know, the like the I guess the beginning of the 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 rest of their lives, I guess. And it's and that's how we close the the series. It's a series finale. There's, the ending shot is of Elizabeth and Philip looking at the Moscow skyline. And sort of marveling to be home. Right. Um, I believe they're there with Arkady, um, the resident yes. um, mm-hmm. from the Soviet the embassy. And a lot of decisions led them here. I feel like neither of these people would have survived in any other circumstances. Because especially Philip and Elizabeth, they faced death or near death every single day that they went on a mission almost every day they definitely wouldn't have made it without each other 
um, you know, those kids are grown for the most part. Henry's like 16 when the series closes and Paige is 19 mm-hmm. um, or 20. Like, they did the best they could with what they had. They didn't know what their lives were going to be when they left Russia in the 60s, right? Like, right. You do what you can, how you can. Like, it is what it is. Um, I thought this the series finale gave a lot of closure. There are some loose ends. What is Paige going to do with herself? Is Renee an, a KGB agent? Like, <laughs> questions that need answers. Mm-hmm. But they're not, like, pressing questions. Like, it doesn't take away from the series that these things are not answered. Right. Right. What do you think of season six? Good, bad, or basic? Uh, it's good. It's good. You know, it's ending a series is such a strange and tricky thing, you know? Um, but I think the Americans is a good job. I think it's mm-hmm. it's a solid, solid ending. Um, and I think it gives it gives me everything I want in an ending. Um, and I think the ending like matches the overall tone of like the pilot, which I think is very smart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and clever, and I, I I love it. It's good. I like it. It's good. I like it too. Um, we didn't even talk about how, and I believe it's season four, Philip and Elizabeth get married for real under their birth names, their, their real legal names, because Philip and Elizabeth are not their names. They get married under their real legal names in a Russian Orthodox ceremony, um, just the two of them with a Russian Orthodox priest. And he's one of the people too, who ends up like, you talked about it last episode. The priest who was then questioned, and then they did a sketches of the two of them. You talked about yeah. them getting married, right? Right. In this in in this season, uh, uh, he was questioned by the FBI, and then he did sketches of them. Remember, because when he married them, they weren't wearing the, their disguises. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's interesting to me because I feel like their relationship was much more tumultuous after the wedding ceremony. But it also seemed like they were more committed to each other than ever, if that makes sense. They're just like, very determined to get out of this together. And they did. Yeah. Yeah. I I really love this for them. I think it would have left a bad taste in my mouth if either of them had died or worse, been arrested before leaving the country. But the Americans gave what it was supposed to give. Um, lots of tension, lots of subterfuge. But in the end, I feel like it was a victory for the audiences. It wasn't something that I felt was like punitive toward the audience or was just like playing with our heartstrings, you know, needlessly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, but, yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think there was a lot of, I think the tension... I think it I think the show's just really great at building tension and like really great at giving us like the payoff for like the things that they set up, which mm-hmm. a lot of shows like struggle with. Um, I don't think this show particularly struggled with it. I there was nothing that I felt was punitive to the audience. There's nothing that I felt like out of left field. You know, like when sometimes when shows will just make choices for characters that feel way out of character. That yes. never happened here. <laughs> And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I love it when that happens. Shout out to the Americans. Shout out to Joe Weisberg and the crew. Shout out to FX that never misses. 
that network never misses with the hits or interesting shows. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's had a 99% approval on Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of unheard of for a TV show. TV show, yeah. That's really unheard of, because everybody has, like, you know, everybody wants... There's always that one person that's not feeling it, right? Um, but this show, The Americans, is solid. It's it's solid. It's a solid watch. Um, I love watching it. Um, I loved re-watching it, uh, just to think about. And it's so just really wonderfully crafted, um, all of those turns, I'm sure, are so were sh- were so hard fought. I'm sure, um, and and that's and there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made the back half of The Americans good, bad, basic, and unforgettable. If you'd like to check out the series, The Americans is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. If you're a patron on our Patreon, be sure to check out the Americans playlist if you haven't already. Tune in next week as we keep the season going with the discussion on the CW's modern spy thriller, Nikita. Nikita is currently streaming on Amazon and Vudu. Get into the series because you don't want to miss out on this conversation. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms and be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at The Good Bad Basic on Twitter and at Good Bad Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron over on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic. Your support allows us to keep your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.